Welcome to the Doxology Podcast. I am Lucas Stock. And I am Jens Nelson. This is a podcast dedicated to journeying together on the road that is the Christian faith. Join us as we discuss and investigate theology and the Christian life, striving for unity amongst our diversity as members of Christ's church. We're back at it. We've got another um, potentially, I'm not going to keep saying this every week after week after week, but another what could be another really fun episode because we're, we're diving into another, I mean, quote unquote, weird biblical text. I don't really know of a better name that we've come up with for, you know, some of these more curious or not as immediately, you know, clear biblical texts. Or maybe they're strange, perfectly man. clear. They're just weird. But they're just, they're just out there compared to what we might expect in our, you know, day-to-day life kind of thing or compared to our our regularly scheduled Bible reading might not get into some of the territory we're going to get into in, in today's uh, little, br- I don't know what we, overview, brief waltz through the, um, the text in question. Uh, discussion. Yeah, something like that. So we're talking about, as you can probably tell, I don't know what we're going to call it yet, but I'm guessing you can tell, we're talking about Joshua 10, um, specifically verses like 11 through 14, but we'll probably reference a little bit of what's going on, at least for context, if not actually reading. But it's a little bit, I don't know, weird, strange out there, whatever adjective you want to fill in the blank with. Or maybe it's not. Maybe you live in a place where this happens every day, but it seems unlikely. So I think we'll just kind of, unless you've got some more like I do have uh, a little bit housekeeping of, stuff. Yeah, preliminary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, some stuff to chat about. Uh, so... First of all, want to give a major shout out to a couple of listeners who went like above and beyond recently. We ha- we had a listener who I believe was uh, was was deaf and was asking for a transcript of our uh, time travel episode, the one that we dropped last week. And I was like, man, I had never really thought about that. Like, yeah, I- I've never really thought about like the the accessibility of, of, of someone who does not have hearing. And so that, that's made me rethink a little bit about like how we offer this podcast, not just as um, audio, but also some sort of transcript. That'd be cool. Well, some kind listener went above and beyond and transcribed our entire conversation, 14 pages, single spaced, all of the little back and forth. I mean, he put like Lucas, Jens, Lucas, Jens. There's like, we, we never mentioned that we did ESV or CSB or anything like that, but like every time we'd read or mention a verse that we had read, he must have like looked it up to see, oh, that was ESV, that was CSB. Like super crazy, above and beyond. Like I was just like blown away. I think I found out Friday or something. And so I just wanted to extend, like, if you're listening to this episode, I wanted to extend a super huge appreciation, a thank you. Uh, that is something we never even really would have ever imagined would have happened so from the bottom of our hearts we want to say thank you and also thank you for sort of bringing this kind of thing to our attention to be more accessible so we are definitely working on that seeing what we can do so just wanted to say that at the outset pretty cool that that happened now definitely as far as housekeeping on this episode (laughs) i i pitched this idea to you i was like hey man you want to do this weird text but the the way that it came about was a very strange dinner conversation that me and my in-laws were all having i don't even remember like how it started uh but like my wife was talking to her dad and her dad is a chemical engineer he's a professor at university of wisconsin in madison so like really intelligent dude science is his thing and like the the conversation came up of like 
what would it take to make the earth stop spinning? Or like, what if we like, is there something that could happen that could cause it to like rotate the other way? Um, and so we were just like having this hypothetical, like, oh, like if we, if we, if we sent the raw material for like this giant 3d printer and if we printed rockets in space and I, it, it got like super weird, super hy- hypothetical, but like in the midst of this conversation, I was reminded of this Bible story where it says that the sun stood still. Now, who knows what that means? I'm sure there's been a lot of conjecture, a lot of guessing, maybe even some like historical data. Maybe there's some sort of something that I didn't find, but there's some astronomical study that's been done that determined like, yeah, the sun actually stood still on this day and we don't really know why. Um, so that that's sort of like the backdrop. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the text and then we're going to discuss it a little bit. So like you said, uh, not going to read all of Joshua 10. If you want to understand the full context, go read Joshua 10. But uh, sort of, I guess, like verse uh, verse 9. So Joshua caught, uh, Joshua caught them by surprise after marching all night from Gilgal. The Lord threw them into confusion before Israel. He defeated them in a great slaughter at Gibeon, chased them through the ascent of Beth Haron, and struck them down as far as Hezekah and Makeda. Uh, As they fled before Israel, the Lord threw large hailstones on them from the sky along the descent of Beth Haran all the way to Hezekiah, and they died. More of them died from the hail than the Israelites killed them with the sword. Now that's pretty crazy. That's some crazy hail that that, that hail is killing more than the sword. Uh, Continuing with verse 12. On the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to the Israelites, Joshua spoke to the Lord in the presence of Israel. Sun, stand still over Gibeon, and moon over the valley of Ajalon. Uh, And the sun stood still, and the moon stopped until the nation took vengeance on its enemies. Isn't it written in the book of Jashar? So the sun stopped in the middle of the uh, in the middle of the sky and delayed its setting almost a full day. There has been no day like it before or since when the Lord listened to a man because the Lord fought for Israel. Then Joshua and all Israel with him returned to the camp at Gilgal. So, very strange little details of a battle between Israel and uh, the Amorites. Um, I apologize for all the butchering of all the different Hebrew places and things. Uh, It's been a while since I took Hebrew. Maybe need to brush up on it a little bit. Uh, But, like I said, this weird conversation that I was having over the dinner table about, like, either stopping the Earth's rotation or, like, turning it the other way. Like, what sort of effects would that have on winds and um, climates and stuff like that? Well, like I said, I I was reminded of this story and it caused me to think, right? Because if we're talking about the sun standing still, the moon stopping until the nation took vengeance on its enemies, and they say that the that the sun had stopped in the middle of the sky, delayed its setting almost a full day. Now, there are obviously like natural explanations for this. I, I mean, or maybe not natural, maybe they're supernatural. Uh, but if the sun is going to stand still, that I guess that must mean a couple of things. Either the earth did stop spinning, because if the sun's going to stay still, we, we know that the sun isn't moving in the sky. Um, maybe at this point in history, people did not understand that. I don't know. Uh, but we now know that the sun, all of these bodies are fixed in their place. Um, we're we're um, in some sort of orbit around the sun. We, you know, we make our way around. That's what marks up a year. 
Uh, each rotation as we spin on our axis, that is a, considered a day uh, on Earth. And so for, for the, the sun to stand still, in my mind, a couple of things must have happened, right? So either the Earth did stop spinning, so God literally caused the Earth to stop, to grind to a halt, so that in that section the sun would stand still. Uh, perhaps another explanation would be that the the axis of the the earth tilted momentarily towards the sun similar to like alaska right there are parts of uh parts of the year where alaska gets no sun uh but then there are other parts of the year where alaska gets like almost only sun all day long so maybe something like that happened maybe the the axis shifted so that the sun could be direct over israel for that period of time i don't really know but that's kind of what i wanted to discuss that's what i wanted to talk about so uh now that i've presented my side i'm curious what do you think man what do you what do you make of some of the strangeness that this passage discusses i mean i've been i've been having a lot of thoughts and various things and in you know not this passage but various passages or or uh texts that are that are maybe somewhat parallel to to this where i'm just starting to get to a point where just stuff like this doesn't seem weird to me (laughs) <laughs> and maybe maybe that's my like <laughs> uh, position that I'll champion today. But I think that it it's the reason I, I earlier I was thinking like, oh, you know, like is weird the best way to describe these texts is because going into the Bible, really, I, I, I mean, there are weird texts, but I think most of the time, I think it would be safe to say that like texts are weird to us from a certain vantage point, from a certain cultural, historical, maybe scientific like this, uh, maybe philosophical vantage point, maybe, you know, maybe we're coming to the text operating on, you know, a materialist mindset where we don't see miracles or see the supernatural. So when we see something like the burning bush, our first thought is, oh, I, I heard once that there's some bush that secretes flammable oil that sometimes catches fire in 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 the the ancient Near East, and that's probably what Moses saw, and then it kind of developed into this story that got written down. Like maybe that's our vantage point, and then something like this is going to seem like, well, that's really bizarre because that doesn't match with how we understand the world, and therefore, what are those explanations? You know, is it just a made up story that represents something, or did something? strange happen that got sort of reinterpreted in this way where the sun isn't moving or whatever um or maybe you know there are there could be other things where we don't understand certain customs that you know were common in the ancient near eastern culture so you know there's a part in in early in genesis where abraham makes uh i believe eliezer his servant take an oath and he like to like confirm the oath you know like like people who are getting sworn into office here in America will often, you know, put their right hand on a Bible or whatever. But like he had, Abraham had him put his right hand on his thigh or something. And like, that's to me, I don't know a lot about that particular little detail, but I would assume that's like a, a cultural thing of this is how people, you know, swore oaths. And to me, I'm like, oh, that sounds funky. Like I've never, I've never seen anybody do that, you know, to swear an oath. So, you know, so there's, when we say weird, we can mean a bunch of different things is what I'm trying to say. And I guess like I'm I've just recently and I want to bring up I want to it's not really a shout out because, you know, they're 
I think a lot more uh, have a lot more of a name, in, at least in their own little corner of the internet world, than we do. But I want to I want to mention this podcast. I don't know if I've brought it up before, called Lord of Spirits or the Lord of Spirits. Um, it's an ancient faith radio podcast or ancient faith ministries. I don't know what it's called. If you're not familiar with them, they're they're an orthodox like media uh, ministry. Basically, they've got. Um, I, I know them primarily for a bunch of different podcasts that they do. Um, the Lord of Spirits is one that they do where it's it's two uh, priests who are, you know, they, they just talk about, I mean, honestly, uh, they, they kind of talk about weird biblical stuff. <laughs> it kind of fits in with, with sort of this theme. Um, and uh, they, they offer a really engaging conversation on all the different topics they do like they they had a series on like old testament christology they had a, they had an episode on the nephilim you know like you know the, the all all kinds of different things that that kind of fit into that you know more um supernatural uh side not not to separate out you know of course the bible is supernatural but um you know what i mean and and uh and, and listening and getting like gaining their perspective they're 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 super clear and knowledgeable and, and they, they 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 do a really good job it's a great podcast they're very long episodes um so if you're into that kind of thing um i'd highly recommend the lord of spirits podcast but anyway um one of the things that i've kind of come away with since i started listening to them um a little bit ago a while ago was it, it or is more of just a, an appreciation for like the shall we say like weirdness of the world that i it's 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 my natural inclination to not see or not notice you know and this took a really this took quite a left turn but like i i this comes up in my thinking too when i hear stories about like ufo's and aliens or like bigfoot or like the loch ness monster you know that kind of thing where it's like there, there's a similar kind of response that could be you know a, a gut response to find some kind of natural explanation that you know explains away these phenomena without having to accept that bigfoot exists and we just haven't found one or aliens exist or some uh, like a more spiritual way to explain it that you know or just a uh, just to say, like, oh, yeah, aliens exist and they fly around and it is what it is. People are, you know, totally accurately telling the truth. And and it's kind of like along those lines, it's like now my, my gut reaction when I come to a story like this, which, I mean, again, to, to bring it back to what we're talking about today, hailstones that are so big they're killing soldiers, you know, more soldiers than the enemy army is. Um, I've seen big hail, and I know that there are places where like hail falls and it's like extremely dangerous but like i get the sense that this is like really big hail you know <laughs> the way that it, it it seems to uh the impact it seems to have had on the uh um oh who was it the the amorites was it the amorites i believe it is the amorites in this whole story. the five kings whoever it is yeah. um but uh, so there's that. And then there's, you know, the sun and the moon standing still. And it's like I'm, I'm at a point in my thinking where at this point I'm like, huh, yeah, I wonder what's up with that. You know, it doesn't strike me as like bizarre or maybe it's not that, but that I I, I don't 
I'm not prepared to make any assumptions about what's going on. So I'm more like, huh. But one thing that I will say is um, it's worth noting just cultural and quote unquote, you know, scientific differences in that, you know, the ancient Near Eastern world didn't have a heliocentric solar system with planets and stars, you know, and moons uh, orbiting around, you know, certain periods of times and spinning on certain axes and stuff. Um, and th- that's just not how they explain the world, you know? And I mean, I think, I think on, like, on one hand, we can, we can just say, like, we, we have more pieces of data now. And so that's, that's our model. But I, I'm also like, without, you know, I mean, I, I believe, like, you know, our model of the solar system is, you know, fairly accurate, at least as accurate as we could have it. But I still, I'm like, you know, I don't necessarily think that Joshua's uh, cosmology was wrong. It's different. You know what I mean? It's, it's wrong on maybe one level of like mapping out stars and stuff. But at the end of the day, like, I think it's, I think it's more complicated than that. There it's, it's, it's not just raw unbiased data. You know, we're, 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 we're explaining something We're we're kind of building a story when we, when we do things like, you know, build a model of the universe or whatever that maybe that could be a different, a different conversation. But something that's significant to me is that we've got, I don't know how far apart these two places are, but we've got the sun above Gibeon and the moon above the valley of Ajalon or Ajalon, right? And I'm going to assume that both of those places are in, you know, the Canaanite, you know, Israel-Palestine area, which whatever you want to say is happening here, I don't think you'd you'd really have the sun and the moon that close to each other if if my understanding is correct you know like like you were saying you know if if the if the axis tilted so that so that that part of the world was facing the sun well where does that leave the moon that leaves the moon i mean maybe maybe not on the opposite side but i guess it depends on where the moon was to begin with right i don't yeah, know right like <laughs> i mean there are times though even now where like yeah. i think yesterday or the day before i was driving middle of the day and you can see the moon like that always kind of like tweaks me out when it's like oh, the middle yeah, of the day sure. and it's sunny out and like the moon's in the sky for sure yeah yeah i did yeah you're right i mean that happens all the time so so maybe it's something like that where where it's not so much that the moon is in a weird place but just that they they saw the moon um, that doesn't explain the sun standing still apart, but it might explain how you could see both the moon and yeah, the sun maybe. in the same general area. Um, but you know, it does say, he does say, you know, to the moon stand still here, you know, and, and, and then it says the sun stood still and the moon stayed still. So, you know, like that, whatever's going on there, they, they seem to be linked, you know, in terms of both of these heavenly bodies seem to be acting weird in obedience to Joshua's command and 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 then we get into like why is this happening this is there's a day none before or after it day like none before or after it why because the sun and moon stood still no because the lord listened to Joshua and fought for Israel like so first of all that's the miracle in the text the, it's not even really that concerned with the fact that the sun and the moon stood still it's a bigger deal that that 
that the Lord fought for Israel. So I think we should we should really meditate on that first of all, and then second of all, recognize that that's what's going on here, right? Like like th- I think of how um, the, the, w- like what's the disciples' reaction when Jesus calms the storm? Like whoa, who like they're terrified? Who the heck is this guy that even the the wind and the waves listen to him, right? And it's like well, the sun and the moon is listening to Joshua right now. And I'm sorry, what does Joshua guy? transliterate to? Yeah. That I, I didn't even think of that until I said it out loud, and, that's, <laughs> and then I was like, "Wait a second, um, yeah." And and why? Because because Joshua's magic? No. Because Joshua's super special? No. I mean, he is special. You know, he's not magic, but I mean, he is special, and in, like, he's the leader of Israel, and he's he's leading them into the promised land. You know, like there's there's plenty of things that are significant about him as a as a character in the narrative, but like he's not a superhero, right? He's he doesn't have some kind of um, you know, superpower or, or mutation or magic power. Um, he is, you know, to, to sort of broad brush and, and summarize, he is the faithful leader of Israel who is serving the Lord, right? And, and, and obeying him. And, and, and earlier, you know, before the part that we, that we read, um, or maybe this was, oh no, I think it was in verse eight, right before we read earlier, or you read earlier, the Lord said unto Joshua, fear them not, for I have delivered delivered them into thine hand. There shall not a man of them stand before thee. Right. So, so th- this is this is this even entering into this battle is this faithful obedience of Joshua. Right. This isn't like simply uh, a military leader making a tactical decision. Like, oh yeah, we can take them on. Right. But no, it's this is this is someone being told, you know, and then having faith to respond, you know, in belief that they will. Um, be victorious, and I think that's also maybe why it notes that more more of the soldiers died from hailstones than from Israel's army. You know, because it's it's the Lord fighting for Israel and delivering them and all that kind of stuff. And all and that's really obvious. You know, to read through this and be like, okay, what's the point? It's God's uh, power. It's God's deliverance of Israel. It's God. You know, uh, even when the uh, pagan kings might arrogantly assume they could stamp out God's chosen people. God will step in and he won't let that happen. You know, like it's pretty obvious that that's the point. Um, but that's a really big deal. <laughs> it's such a big deal. Like I said, that the text makes a note of it over and above making a note of the sun and the moon, not doing what they're supposed to do for a whole day. <laughs> You know, and then also there's there's one more thing, and then and then I'll, I'll I know I've kind of just been rambling, but like there's also I forget where it is, but this this happens with Moses earlier in um, I don't know if it's Deuteronomy or Numbers or I don't remember where it maybe Exodus, um, but that where where uh, I think it's Aaron and Joshua maybe are holding up his arms because as long as his arms were lifted up, then. Um, and maybe I'm remembering this wrong, but didn't didn't the sun stand still at for Moses as well, or or am I imagining that? I don't. I'm, Do you remember? I'm, I don't remember exactly how that how that story goes. I, I remember like the holding of the arms, but I thought that had to do with like they prevailed over the army or something. Maybe I'm. Yeah. I don't. Remember. For some reason, I thought that there was also a, a sun standing still connected with that battle. You know, Could when his arms were lowered, Israel would start losing. When they were raised, they would start winning. Um, I should have I should have looked that up beforehand to, to confirm, but um, but regardless, we've we've got this 
we've got this very obvious point that the text is making. Um, and I think that that sets us, you know, without, without giving us any answers, quote unquote, it sets it in perspective to me where it's like, oh, the Lord is fighting for Israel. Of course the sun could stand still and there could be hailstones that would kill, you know, hardened ancient Near Eastern soldiers, right? Um, and it's it's hard. I think it's hard for us, especially those of us who are who are who grew up in the church or are, or are used to, you know, the Bible or used to talking about um, God and stuff. It might be hard for us to see that as a bigger deal than the sun standing still. But like, I think it is, you know, I, I, and I think that that's maybe part of what we're supposed to be doing is it's like, yeah, God listened even to a man. And the sun and the moon listened even to a man, Joshua, um, because this is God's, co- you know, covenant faithfulness to His people, right? Um, so I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know if that if that really, because obviously that doesn't provide any answers as to like, okay, well, what's the sun doing? Yeah. <laughs> because and- really, I have no idea. But I, but I think there's there's a lot of other things that that while not giving us those answers, I think the the conundrum kind of points us to these other things when we reflect on it that I think are, are um, like both very important, but also really interesting to look at. Right. Yeah. And I, I, I guess I even wasn't, I'm not necessarily trying to find the answer. I don't, I don't think that's the point of the text anyway, even if we knew the answer, but it, it is interesting to think about living in a world that has natural, like the Lord set the, the world in motion with like, very natural explanation for how things work, you know, gravity and the fact that we don't just float off into space or something like the, the science of this world is real. It is tangible. Things do happen. God works in and through that. I mean, even the hail, for example, I mean, God caused some sort of storm or whatever that would have resulted in hail to be produced and fall on these people. Um, So even though it is supernatural, there's also like a natural element to it as well. Um, but what I find just so interesting is like baked into these, I don't know, six or seven verses, this very short passage, there's just all these very strange little details that that I think, like you're saying, like that it, it's not just that they're strange, but that the sovereign Lord works in and through natural elements. He, he, he steps into history. Uh, but beyond that, I'm really perplexed. I didn't even notice this like the first time I read it. Uh, but reading it this time, I was like, wait a minute. What is the book of Jasher or Jashar right there in like the middle between? It talks about the sun and the moon standing still. And then in the middle of verse 13, isn't this written in the book of Jashar? So the sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed its setting almost a full day. So like while you were chatting for a moment, I looked it up and there are two maybe three references to this book in scripture so this would uh in in chronological order this would be the first one uh so joshua uh 10 13 uh there's a reference in second samuel 1 18 and then there may or may not be a reference in first kings 8 maybe about verse 53 um but it's very strange it's like a it's often interpreted as a lost non-canonical book um, numerous for- forgeries have been rediscovered over the years. Um, I don't know. I know next to nothing about this, but that's something that like, is that if it is lost, if it's a non-canonical book, that's, that's lost to history. 
Like, wouldn't it be super interesting to, to know what that is? I mean, Joshua is at least talking about, like, isn't it written? And so, man, I, I, now I'm like, okay, so the sun, the moon, uh, the hail, hailstones, uh, the, the fact that they listened to a man, all that's very strange. And I'm like, that's really cool. But also, what is this lost book that maybe we don't know anything about? What else was written in the book of Jashar, Jasher, whatever? Um, so, yeah, I, th- this, is, this is what I love. This is what I love about when we have these conversations specifically about biblical texts. Uh, because as you've already mentioned, the Bible is weird. It is a supernatural book at, at its core. We're talking about a book that was handwritten by, uh, by men in different language, in different time periods, different parts of the world. Uh, yet also has this divine inspiration that is like flowing through it and all throughout. I mean, from the very beginning to the very end, from from crazy catastrophic floods to uh, b- the Tower of Babel and confusing languages. And you already mentioned the Nephilim and, <laughs> and we're just talking about like, the first couple chapters of Genesis right there. But yeah, I mean... The Bible is a very strange book, a supernatural book, but also a natural book about a, uh, I mean, the, the Lord of the universe who, who, who came to rescue his people. And in some sense, that's what this story is about, is God rescuing his people from the hands of their very literal enemies in the middle of battle. Um, so, I don't know, very fun to talk about. I enjoyed doing a deep dive or at least a shallow dive into some of these texts to, to d- discuss, to talk about them. Also, uh, if any of you guys work for Bible Gateway, that's where I'm reading this. I'm reading the CSB Bible Gateway. Um, the ad is for best thick toenail clippers. That's a that's a great ad to throw at the bottom of my screen here, right as we're uh, right as we're wrapping up. So anyway, if you work for Bible Gateway, maybe work on better advertising. That's 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 how I'll wrap up this episode on on all things strange. So. Lucas, why don't Perfect. you pray us out? <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, we are, we are as we're recording this, wrapping up the first week in Lent. So I'm going to pray the, uh, the collect for the first Sunday in Lent. It's one of my favorites. Um, so it's not really connected to this passage, but it's just a great prayer, and it's seasonal. Almighty and everlasting God, who hatest nothing that thou hast made, and dost forgive the sins of all those who are penitent, create and make in us new and contrite hearts that we worthily lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, may obtain of thee, the God of all mercy, perfect remission and forgiveness through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen, dude. Well, just want to say thank you. Thanks for, mm-hmm. I guess, uh, having this conversation with me, discussing some of the, the oddities of, of the book of Joshua. Um, thank you, listeners, <laughs> for all your support, for liking messages, sending us little messages, for... <laughs> transcribing entire 45 minute episodes so that people can have the transcript you guys are awesome uh if you'd like to connect with us and we would really like to connect with you uh, you can find us on twitter and sometimes on instagram at doxology podcast or you can email us at doxology podcast at gmail.com please send us your feedback questions episode ideas um I almost said sign up for our newsletter, which we haven't had for like a year and a half. So that was just like some sort of weird memory that pulled from the top of my head. So anyway, we'd love to hear from you. (laughs) And until next time, keep it weird. Peace. See ya.